0: Eight. Now, before we, we start this, I just want to give a big shout-out uh, for all the VBS workers. We all just had you, and we appreciate it. But let's give a big hand for Jane, huh? And I think we misplaced her already. She went out and hid, and so. but we like to give her special recognition. And she doesn't like it because she wants everybody else to get recognition. So anyhow, at this time, kids are dismissed. Preschool, kindergarten, go this direction, first through sixth grade, go out this direction. And you, you kids are going to have a lot better time where we're releasing you than here. And so, and then uh, I think Jim has got the older kids yet, you know, so if you want to follow Jim out, you can do that. So we've been in this series in 2 Corinthians entitled, What If I Were an Adult? And it's kind of built on a series I did a few years ago in 1 Corinthians, and and so it's it's about being mature Christians, really. And, uh, but Mike and I got to talk, and we wanted to relate this message to our vacation Bible school, okay? So we talked, and we thought we'd change the question a little bit, and say, what if I were an adult? Superhero!
1: Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bounce. It's Coach Nix. No. Hey, uh, wait a minute, Mike.
0: I know. That was brutal. I'm a superhero, too, and I think I'm a little bit more super than you. No, you have the shirt on
1: over your superhero.
0: Well, and that's because <laughs> it's so glorious. I don't want to blind people.
1: <laughs> that was my superhero growing up. You know, my grandson asked me, who's your favorite superhero? Man, has always been Superman. So I really like Superman.
0: I like Spider-Man.
1: I think that's great. It's I, a combo. How many
0: Spider-Man fans? Yeah, and that's great. Nobody, I guess. Okay, we have one back there.
1: So, so is, so is, uh, so is Roman. He's very much a Spider-Man. Really? My well, yeah, All right, right
0: there. Roman, you're a man. Okay, so we want to relate this to how to be a superhero, and it's a legitimate question because if you've ever watched superhero movies, you discover that not all superheroes are very mature. Have you noticed that? Some of them are kind of like, all right, you need some help. And it's a legitimate question. And the Corinthian church, interestingly enough, had some issues oh, with yeah. this, yeah. okay? Because there was people in the Corinthian church perceived as kind of super people, but they weren't very mature, Right. okay? And in fact, 1 Corinthians and Second Corinthians were written about the maturity issues. And uh, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says this to those early believers. He says, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you've been enriched in every way in all your speaking and all your knowledge because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. So the Corinthians, they were blessed with some serious spiritual gifts. And some of these spiritual gifts were supernatural. They had some cool abilities, okay? But what we discover in the Corinthian church is that Having superpowers, does that mean you have superhero maturity? Because they were lacking maturity. Paul says, I could not talk to you as adults. I had to talk to you as children. Okay? And uh, so for today, Mike and I thought it would be good to have a little conversation with you guys and ourselves about what it means to be a mature spiritual hero, you know, for Jesus. Okay? So, Mike, you know, uh, First off, this whole last week, our VBS team, you guys are amazing. They taught the kids how to be superheroes by putting on the full armor of God, following the example of Daniel. Okay, great stories. But Mike and I kind of wanted to address some other components of what it means to be a mature superhero. So, Mike, what does it mean to be a superhero for Christ?
1: So, uh, the whole superhero idea is about in the world, it's just about all these people who have superhuman powers, and that they're—it's a- all about them. It's all about what they're able to do and their strength and their might and their power. And our culture really is kind of like that too, where people think, "Well, my idea is the best. My opinion is what really counts." It's kind of the same thing. And and so what we see in Scripture, though, is really different than that.
0: Yeah, well, think about how. Our society constantly tells, sells us on ideas of how we can be more super. Right, 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 and how to, to be, how to be the best mom and dad. How to do this? How to be? Mm-hmm. How to win people? How to sell people? So yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, that's exactly what it does. Doug, it's like we live in a culture that points at us, at us, at us, at us, and you know our ego kind of likes that. To be honest with you. Yep. Uh, but in Scripture, it's so contrary. Jesus said. In the Gospel of Matthew, he says, if you want to be the greatest, become a servant. That's right. If if you want to be great in God's kingdom, go lower. Serve others. Uh, And and in fact, God says, God is opposed to the proud, but give grace to the humble. So those who humble themselves under his mighty hand, those who humble themselves and serve others um, is what really pleases God. And it's what makes us strong. The more humble we are, the more we humble our hearts before God, the greater I'll tell you what, the more I humble myself, I know I have a greater, greater power. I have greater joy. I have greater purpose. Because humility before the Lord gives us purpose. And and so our purpose is contrary to what, what the we, world says. Yeah. But
0: here's something else to think about is the idea of serving others. Because we can serve others in such a way that they become dependent upon us. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, true. And we
0: can serve in such a way that we think it's all about us. So there's those two things. And the Bible presents a service that's not dependent on me, and it doesn't want you to become dependent on me or Mike. Right. And there's a lot of churches that operate that way. There's a lot of church leaders that say, hey, we're this great stuff. You need to, you know, listen to us. And, And the Bible teaches us that we serve God, we don't point you to ourselves, we point you to God.
1: To Jesus, yes, So, Amen. In, earlier in
0: Amen. 2 Corinthians, he says, uh, this is 2 Corinthians chapter four, for God who said, light, let the light shine in the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He's talking about us reflecting Christ right there. But then he says this, we have this treasure in jars of clay To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not Not
1: us us. amen amen to that so I I really love that and and whenever you want to begin to apply what it really means to be a superhero because if you look at the superheroes in the uh, in the New Testament here's a superhero how about Peter you know he was up he was crucified upside down how about Paul who wrote a large majority of the New Testament, he was beheaded. So what it meant for them was to live for Christ meant to die. Amen. (laughs) That's what God, that's what a
0: superhero is. Yeah, and how many people want to be that kind of superhero? Yeah, I want to be beheaded. Yay. Anybody? Can I read another passage? (laughs) Yeah, please do. So this goes right along with that. This is Paul, and he says, we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I mean, this is superhero stuff, but who wants to be that kind of superhero? We always carry around in our body, Mike, the death of Jesus, just what you just said, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. That's kind of a different kind of superhero.
1: Uh, here's something else Paul talks about uh, in Second Corinthians 11th chapter, which you'll be talking a little bit more about, I think. in the Next week. Or, yeah.
0: Next week I'll be doing a we'll so, talk about this.
1: Uh, this is what he boasts about. It, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Uh, what anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So so am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. He is boasting about what God has allowed him to go through. He's saying, I've been flogged. I've been beaten. Praise God. How many of you? How many of us really say, "Wow, God, I just want to be beaten for you"? Anybody? That's what Paul um, boasted about. That next verse is pretty good
0: too. Next verse. And by the way, do you notice how this ties in with Henry's communion meditation? How Jesus faced his oppressors, the soldiers, the humility, the, the willingness to do what God wanted, and in that moment, he did not look like a superhero. Okay, he looked like he was weak. And was that the voice? What pass did you just get done with? Uh, 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 Oh, okay.
1: 24, read 24.
0: Five times, okay, Paul goes on. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. I mean, I I, I couldn't do that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, not with cannabis. We're talking about stones. Uh, Let's see. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. And, you know, he didn't look like a superhero in the moment. But the
1: Corinthian church had these people who were, uh, they elevated them. The people, they elevate him. This guy's an, an incredible apostle. He's better than you. He's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing the other. And this is what Paul says in response to that, the things we've already read. Paul says in his twenty seventh verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, I have labored and toiled, and I've gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face Daily, the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Here's what I want you to remember. Paul says, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Amen. That's what he's, he's, not that I'm all strong and I'm all that, but he boasts in his weakness as believers. That's where God wants us, on our knees, on our face before Him, to humble our hearts under the mighty hand of God because God is drawn to those who will humble their hearts. Absolutely drawn. I want to read one more scripture after you're done with this next one.
0: Okay, so next week, I hope you come back. We're going to talk about how a mature Christian knows how to discern true spiritual authority. And what that really means is a mature Christian knows that the Bible is the word of God. But we need to understand the Bible was written by people, by men, and some women for that matter. And these men and women, Paul included, were just superheroes for God, Mm -hmm. okay? They had special revelation. They had a connection with God that no one else had, okay? And it was amazing. And it, it, it's, it makes the Bible a special book that no other faith, no other spirituality, no other philosophy has. It's from God through these men. But you would think that if God were going to speak through someone, they would be these shiny super, superheroes with capes and powers. That's not what we see. One of the defining characteristics, uh, evidences that these guys are really speaking from God is their weaknesses. And that's why Paul says this in Second Corinthians 12, he says, to keep me from being conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me that is why for christ's sake i delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when i am weak then i am strong and that same principle goes for us we want to reflect christ to the world we need to be willing to be seen as weak people so that god's power and glory reflects through us
1: In one of my i've quoted it often here in the book of hebrews the writer book of hebrews Goes through that eleventh chapter, and he's saying these mighty people of God. God used uh, used a man, and he put his staff over the sea, and the Red Sea parted, and they raised people were raised from the dead, and people. God did mighty things. He talks about all these incredible things that God did, and used a vessel to do that. But he ends the eleventh chapter, and if you, it's the Hall of Fame of Faith. Uh, People of Faith. I encourage you to read it if you haven't. He said, after he gets to he says that others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy. Think about that. They're living... They're living in caves. They have nothing to eat. And yet, the writer says, the world wasn't even worthy of them. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, didn't receive what was promised in this life. Some of you have been praying. And maybe you're praying for something and God hasn't answered it yet. Uh, I just encourage you to keep praying. I encourage right. you to... See what God wants to do in you, in yourself. Finally, this is Philippians. Can I do Philippians? Yeah. You got another scripture? Uh,
0: you, no, I just uh, have a closing comment. That's good.
1: Philippians, Paul says this. This is incredible. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, there's that word, humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. I got to tell you, that's hard to do Sometimes. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. My lands. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, to the point of death, even death on a cross. Amen. That is a superhero right there. Amen. Being willing to lay your life down, being willing to do what it is God's called you to do. No matter what we see, we do what God
0: wants. Amen. We can almost end on that, Mike. Thank you. You got anything else? Because I'm about to bring it home. No,
1: I want you to just
0: All right. do it. here's the deal. There are people out there who need rescuing. They need a superhero. They need someone who died on the cross and rose from the dead and did exactly what Mike just described. They need that superhero, and that superhero is not me. It's not Mike. It's not you. But the only way they're going to see Jesus is through you and me. We need to experience God. We need to reflect Christ, and that's what a true superhero for Jesus looks like. Amen? Amen. Let's all be standing for a closing word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for the lessons these kids have learned and the workers. That is just so exciting. And we thank you today for us being challenged to be true followers of you. And Father, we know that we don't have the energy, the strength, the power, the endurance to face weaknesses on our own. But with your Holy Spirit in us, we can face weakness, we can reflect you through our weaknesses so that people see you and not us. And we just pray that that happens in the life of every person here and in the life of this church as a whole. So bless us as we go from this place. And again, we thank you for our Vacation Bible School and the seeds that have been planted. May they grow and bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, have a good week.